0: Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic I'm alongside my awesome co host, Kasim Aslam. How are you doing, buddy? I'm living the dream, Ralph. Every day is living You're the dream. Never not. Yep. You know, I, I called my banker today and she stole your line. She said, I'm living the dream. It's like, I have there's a podcast a, co-host that says he's living the dream. Are you really living the dream in the banking world? And she said, yes.
1: There's a, this, so I actually believe just quick aside, if our listeners don't mind, I used to respond very flippantly. So if somebody says, how are you doing? I'd say, you know, I'm tired, bored, hungry, whatever, something, but something right. generally distinctly negative.
0: Right. And I was listening yeah, to, I'm okay. You, <laughs> right. right.
1: Yeah. Same, same crap, different day, whatever. I right. was listening to Tony Robbins. God forgive me. And you know, you can feel how Tony you want to feel about him, but I love him. And he said something that stuck with me forever. And I teach my children this. He goes, when you speak, you're the first person who hears you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so true. So living the dream came from that lesson. And I started saying it before I believed it and before I felt it. And, you know, you can call it God, providence or mysticism, but Dude, as soon as I did it, like my life just got so. And now it's amazing. You know, like it's amazing. And is it that one line? Probably not. But has it had at least a minor improvement on, you know, like it costs me nothing
0: to say and, and it puts a smile yeah. on people's face. So yeah. I hope everybody steals it. Living the dream. I, I don't remember him saying that, but I remember him saying, when people ask you, speak very authoritatively and positively, no matter what that is. It's like, I'm feeling terrific today. It's like it's a great day. And then I'm like, oh, well, some days you just don't feel terrific. But he has a, a great line. I forget which. These are like cassette tapes. I used to listen to my Ford Taurus back in the 90s. But anyway, probably before you were even born. But anyway, he says, like, feel every day as if you're wearing a cape. And it's like you walk, the motion, how you actually react, how you behave, how you speak, all how you walk, how you talk, all that is like motion creates the emotion. Yeah, motion so creates the emotion. I remember saying that. Yeah, so if you feel crappy, like pretend you have a cape on, or if you feel like not so great, speak authoritatively and positively. It's like it's kind of... Like that's why I love doing this show. It's because we kind of do sort of a pre-roll where we're kind of, you know, we get into it. We're getting into it. We're talking about stuff, and then we're like normal guys. And then you come on the show, and you you do have to. I mean, you have your radio kind of voice. I got my (laughs) radio kind of voice in it. Put on your case. You it puts on. You know, yeah, you feel better. By, by how you exude, like your, vo- your voice is so important. That's a, I forget which lesson that was like day three or something like that in personal power. And it was like, i never forget, I never forget it. And it's, it's trends It's exactly what you're saying. So is that our is that our nugget for today that's like like a personal yeah. improvement nugget feel like you're wearing a cape every single day and it's gonna be a great day but yeah well that's I'm glad we got that out of the way but we do have actually a real nugget here yeah like a marketing before we get nugget, into the show a, a so marketing nugget so right. you know you're coming for personal development nuggets you're coming for marketing nuggets so on our last show with Kobe topaz Boy band hero Kobe, he talked about dynamic creative optimization or DCOs on Facebook. And so we said, you know, they're testing a lot. They're doing, you know, maybe three images, one copy, two headline, that kind of thing. In some cases, doing 10 images, you know, one copy, one headline. Well, we have one of our amazing media buyers at Tier 11 that has come in in the last seven days with an update on in this particular case a, a lead gen customer and he was testing 10 images five copy and two headlines versus three one copy and two headlines so 10 images five copy two headlines versus three images one copy two headline which there's a is a growing number of You know, advertisers that are out there that are saying you should just do three images, one copy, one headline, don't confuse the algorithm. So Cameron is doing the exact opposite here. So he's trying to confuse the algorithm. But the results are actually 3x better for the 10 images, five copy, two headlines, as opposed to the three images, one copy, two headlines. Any sense
1: as to whether or not this is spend dependent? Like, is that more true for higher
0: spend accounts? These guys are spending a fair amount. If I recall off the top of my head, I think they're in the six-figure range. So keep that in mind. What Facebook is doing is it's actually it's selecting out almost very, very early on which images are the ones, because that's the largest variable, are the ones that work really, really well. But don't give up on DCOs on Facebook. We're We're becoming more and more fans of it and it's like when it first came out it sucked but we tried it again it sucked again and then you just keep trying like these these you know tools that that facebook has and they get better over time cuz the algorithm gets smarter over time and you know that on the google side you know facebook has 55,000 data points google has 72 million You know, I mean, there's still 55,000 is a lot on every single user. So, and it's getting smarter and smarter every single day, probably since the last time we quoted 55,000, it's now 56,000. The point is, is like tools that might not have worked a year ago, test them again. And dynamic creative optimization is definitely is the one. So I've got a screenshot here of just like the 10 image, five copy, two headlines, just three xing the performance of the three images one copy two headlines so test it out on your own at the very least keep doing it because we're finding at high spending accounts you can definitely change that that image number to be a larger number and facebook can actually take it in and start to produce results for you so that's that's pretty exciting so more that's on a that super nugget i
1: love it when the nuggets are that tactical too it's like you can actually take this and do it now this isn't philosophy. This is like, hey, here's exactly how you do it. Here's the blueprint. That's awesome. I have, I have a theory as to why that works. Can I share? Yeah, go for it. If you think about, and I'm not a software engineer, but I've, I've played in that sandbox enough to maybe have this conversation with some level of mild intelligence. If you were building the mechanism that was split testing creative, the way the split test was being run would be hyper-dependent upon the assets provided up front. So for instance, if I'm testing three images against each other, then I'm going to set up, think about like three lanes or three aqueducts, and then I'm going to send the traffic, the water in this case, down each of those three aqueducts. But if you gave me five or 10, then I'm going to set up 10 aqueducts. Here's what that means. I'm going to predisposition based off of the assets you've given me. And one of the things that I think people do is they they try to set up the timeline according to their ability to intake the information as opposed to the computer's ability to intake the information. Because I want to see of these three images which one works. And then then I'll, I'll, I'll run my next test on my next test. So maybe allow yourself to be outrun. And give give the computer the ability to run these tests because even though you can't see exactly what's happening, the computer can and the reason i bring up the aqueduct example is because if you're running a test between three images and then halfway through this campaign add two more or five more or 10 more you still only have the three aqueducts built the traffic, the distribution of the traffic was built prior to at the at the creation of that campaign. So if you're going to run a certain amount of creative, stay consistent with the, the with the numbers. I know it sounds like a nuance in a net, and I don't know how Facebook's built, but I can tell you, I've seen this with Google over and over and over again. The number for us on videos when we're running YouTube campaigns is five videos. Test five, figure it out. Test five, figure it out. If I went from five to three or five to eight, it, it seemed to kind of throw things off. And I think it's because it had predisposed itself to testing with those five aqueducts. And when I added more, I had less Then it, it sort of broke the, it broke the split testing mechanism.
0: Yeah. It's almost like not to get like but the way that I would think about it is like an aqueduct, like those five lanes or whatever, you know, ways in which the water can actually travel. Like once they start to gain momentum, they're going to go deeper and deeper. Right. And then you add on other ones and it's a little bit more shallow. So where is most of the flow going to go? The flow is going to go on the deeper ones where the water is faster and deeper. So like I think adding stuff after the fact it sometimes is like we don't do that. We'll set it up and keep it. We don't add after the fact. But setting up with a lot of aqueducts, in this case, 10 images, because it's the largest variable, is that like Facebook has it's counterintuitive because I think when Kobe was on here, like, don't give too much to Facebook to, to try to figure out. But in this case, they're looking at the images and based upon the data and the past history of the ad account, it might be self-selecting based upon previous performance, too. I mean, don't ever underestimate the power of these platforms. I know we've talked a lot about, obviously, Performance Max and how smart that is. But Facebook is still... Like, incredibly smart, guys. (laughs) I think Facebook would have to have more data in relation
1: to, what's the word I want to use? Emotion-driven response. Because if you think about Google's data is intrinsically qualified based off of clicks. Facebook has not just likes, but think about the emotions tethered to the likes. And then comments, and and we know for a fact they have knowledge graph when it comes to comments. Like, you know, the words that you're using, are they negative, are they positive? Uh, we, we, I have a, a call tracking tool that will tell me if somebody had a bad call based off of the terms they use. So Facebook's gotta have that times 100,000. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then with the share, how is it somebody sharing? So Facebook's ability to see how something makes you feel has to be unprecedented. And it's no small thing to tell Facebook, you know, thumbs up versus cry face versus, you know, heart. Like there's, there's a wealth of multivariant information to be collected there. And then for Facebook to take that and use it to ads, it would actually be impossible for them not, you'd have to intentionally remove that from the system, you know? So yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right.
0: I think it's baked into the cake. I think they absolutely do know that it's not just like how many people hover over your ad. Well, they know like what emotion you're eliciting when, you know, when you interact with an ad, like all those sorts of things. There's so much of a deeper level of this AI that we probably don't realize. And that's the reason I think why this is working now. Whereas a year ago, if we did 10 images, five copy, two headlines, it would just be junk. But you know, based upon the past history of the account, the account's always been overperforming, it's scaling. One of the other things that it does say, and this is obviously a long nugget here, but we have been starting to use DCOs as a tool to scale horizontally as well, basically, you know, to to scale an account, just with, in essence, budget, which is sort of horizontal, you know, well, it's vertical scaling, which is really is budget, but this is like with getting more out of the same audience, almost in a horizontal fashion. So you've got, you know, lookalike audience, maybe with three, 5 million people, something like that, and you're only hitting a certain portion of it, this will allow you to reach a broader audience through DCOs is what we're seeing. So it actually is helping with scaling, not just testing. So well,
1: I feel like that's almost self-evident not to, not to diminish the value of the nugget, because I think it's huge. But when you say that, it makes so much sense to me, because if you won't, if you have five images, Facebook is terrified of fatigue. They don't want to exhaust an audience with any message. So if you give them 10 images, now it's like, oh, I have five more at bats. I have five more opportunities to put a message in front of you that's not the same thing that you've seen. And I think that's I think
0: that's huge. So anyway, so more to come on that. We'll continue to update you on DCOs. Before we get into today's conversation, which is all about Facebook, by the way, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's given us feedback on the show. We've made it our mission to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. We need your help to make it better. Cossum, what else can you tell about? helping people make this show better we want
1: your input your advice your guidance you can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better tell us one thing we do well three improvement opportunities and topics you want to hear about in the future
0: and if you do that there's something in store for you ralph take it away well you get the page traffic certification to one lucky listener one lucky person who well who feel we who gives us the most insightful feedback we will announce the winner here on the show and you will get a copy of paid traffic certification by a digital marketer. It's brand new. It's just released. Cosum's on there. It's about a $500 value. No purchase necessary. So head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Give you feedback. We'd love to hear what you want us to improve on the show. And there's a little incentive in there as well. So today's conversation with Kassam Aslam and myself on the future of Facebook. Is Facebook dead, Kassam? Dun, dun, dun. We're be talking about that after this quick break You're listening to perpetual traffic. That was a all good right. nugget. Pretty good. That yeah, All right. I think mean, that was related to other ones. It's Actually, it's really interesting because it never worked before. Like-
1: hey y'all, it's Cossum, and I have a question for you. Are you getting the most out of your current website traffic? I know we talk a lot about rolling your traffic, but sometimes getting more isn't always the answer. Sometimes you just need to convert the visitors that you're already getting. And that has a lot to do with the design and the copy of your website. In fact, studies show that people will actually spend more money when they have a better website experience. So if you want some specific ways that you can improve your website, I want to recommend our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They offer to give Perpetual Traffic listeners a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Go to ConversionFanatics.com and you'll get a creative team of fanatical split testers to work on your site. That's ConversionFanatics.com.
0: All right, so we are back here and today we're going to be talking about a topic that I hear a lot I'm sure you probably do too, even though you're, you know, part of the evil empire over there at Google versus Facebook, you know, we're part of that evil empire as well, I guess now we're like, wherever the traffic is, we'll, you know, spend customers money and, and get them closer to their KPIs and help them grow their business. But not to be lost in all this performance max frivolity is the fact that facebook has been consistently taking the hits ever since the first of the year especially and it it, people ask me this all the time i get this in like messenger messages like what am i what should i do with facebook right now is facebook dead is like the is the party over like it's it's a constant thing that's out there now and i think I think it's largely because obviously the stock has taken a huge hit. It it you know hasn't really performed from a financial perspective since the first of the year it's down 51% for anyone who's following that stock. But the point is is like there's there's been some s- sketchy comments by Mark Zuckerberg as well. Like what's your sense like coming from the Google side like where Facebook is right now? Like what what are you hearing out there? So, first of
1: all, I'm tempted to say that I have no dog in this fight, but that's actually not true. It would benefit me to say that, yes, Facebook's dead, it's worthless, abandon ship, come to the light. Here's the truth I have never seen Facebook more viable than it is right now and never is probably an overstatement why don't we say in the last three years and remember ralph i've run heavy amounts of facebook traffic just because we don't offer that as a service i ran all of pedro deo's ads for his challenges for i think well into a year i taught facebook advertising. i know it and the last three years you know i hope you'll forgive me for saying but man it's been a cesspool because you had every coach and consultant and drop shipper and info marketer and course creator all these imbeciles bidding up the cost of traffic to a point to where it wasn't tenable for real businesses. These were people that didn't deserve to be in business. They didn't have a business they had an offer, and it wasn't even a good offer. And, you know, they were were pissing in our pond. And iOS 14, overnight, It burned them all off. Did it burn off legitimate businesses too? Yeah, absolutely. But it got rid of all of them. And now what we're seeing out of Facebook, and I'm telling you this as a Google guy, because you know, we've got $54 million in ad spend under management. And what that means is I've got a ton of clients spending a lot of money other places than Google that I get to see. And the traffic that Facebook's generating, is it trackable? No. Is it valuable? Hell yes. We do a lot of attribution, a lot of attribution tracking. And I have clients that have turned off quote unquote non-performing Facebook campaigns that we've then gone back and said, hey, can you turn that back on, please? Because you just took down our ROAS (laughs) by 200%. So, dude, I think Facebook... Now, should you buy stock? Hell no. Sell that immediately. I think Facebook's gone the way of Twitter to where... Is the business model sound? Probably not. But Twitter's never going anywhere. Anywhere. Twitter's the world's forum for conversation. Facebook isn't going anywhere, and the traffic might be more valuable than it's been in the last 36 months.
0: I think with anything in business, and I'm not going to wax poetic here, but it is true. It's part of the business cycle. Like you have booms and busts, and there was a boom in Facebook ever since 2013. It's like all everyone could talk about in our space is like for seven, eight years, really. Like the run was a great run. It was a great run. (laughs) But it's like every every bull market must come to an end. It's like the market can't go up forever. And you know, because I've been around a little bit, I've seen cycles that where there's such frothiness at the at the high end of it. And this was probably right before, well, maybe about a year or so before the iOS update last summer. Like Facebook was still like it, and then you know, some things started to happen. Then privacy kind of came into effect. Cambridge Analytica. You know, that whole air quoting scandal, like all of a sudden the titan started being taken down a few notches, but the platform kept growing and growing and growing and growing until, you know, Q3, Q4 of last year. And then it stopped growing and the growth was basically flat. So the question that is on a lot of people's minds is, is Facebook dead? Is it viable? As an investment, I don't give investment advice, but you know I have money in mutual funds and so forth. I'm sure there's plenty of shares of Meta stock there. I don't own any Meta shares. I don't, especially right now. Like it's not from a finance and investing standpoint. The earnings, the quarter over quarter, year over year, just crushing earnings because it just continues to grow. User base continues to grow. Those days are not happening right now. Will that happen at some point in time? Maybe, you know, my opinion, maybe three to five years down the road with the metaverse they really
1: five years, we're not going to be profitable for five. Like he came out and said that publicly.
0: Well, it's not profitability. They're still profitable. It's about growth, like earnings growth. They're not losing money. There's this statistic. Facebook or Meta made twenty seven billion dollars in ad revenue in last quarter alone that's, that's real money. more that's more than twitter and snapchat combined in 2021 mm. Th- this is still a behemoth is it growing quarter over quarter or quarter versus year ago quarter in the double digits to you know to 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 entice the the investing crowd to invest it's no longer a growth stock it's become like this large sort of you know large corporation that its heyday of like really rapid growth is somewhat over at least for right now which makes it probably not a great stock to invest in unless you're a value investor the point is is you still have an enormous amount of users that are on there and to your point a lot of advertisers have left and we saw a lot of that i mean we had customers that left and stopped advertising on facebook entirely cuz they did not have a legitimate business in a lot of ways and as a result of that they just they stopped or they went completely out of business because they realized like now it's too tough. The easy days of advertising on Facebook and just putting a dollar in and making a dollar back without really putting a whole lot of effort those days are over. But still, I mean we are talking about you know, TikTok has a billion monthly active users. YouTube has 2.9 billion. Snapchat has 57 million and Twitter has 436 million Facebook has 2.9 billion 2.9 billion YouTube has 2.56 billion like it is still an enormous platform and that's not even that's not even including WhatsApp So I always sort of throw in an extra billion on there for WhatsApp because it's literally it's like it's a third of the planet's population is on this platform or a user of this platform still to this day. Is it growing like it used to? Is it a tremendous fang growth stock? Probably not, at least for right now. Is it still a great place to advertise? A hundred percent. And just like you said, especially if you're mixing in Google Performance Max with Facebook now, the combination of the two. Are tremendous plus you've got so many of those businesses that used to advertise that are no longer on there because there was a washout there was a clean out of the advertising core because of ios late last year and, well, and it was an overcorrection too it's absolutely. not it just didn't burn off the dead
1: wood it burned off some some competitors that were formidable and that traffic's now available and i think it's available at a discount
0: yeah yeah it definitely is you know, daily active users are one of the things that, that a lot of companies, at least in the investment circles, look at and say, all right, daily active users have to grow. Like they grew every single quarter. I believe it was from 2009 to literally last, the last quarter of 2021. So they're flat, but still, like daily active users are just under 2 billion. Monthly active users are just around 3 billion. Like that is an enormous amount of people. Enormous amount of eyeballs. And if you ignore it at your peril, literally, like, yes, we have media that was being spent in all different platforms, still the majority on Facebook, because it's the greatest interruption marketing tool that we've seen, because we know it super well. Performance Max has gone in a very close second, you know, in a lot of ways, which is tremendous. And now you have all this top of the funnel ways in which to acquire new customers and then obviously retarget them and, and work together, especially if you get your attribution somewhat dialed in. You don't even have to have it greatly dialed in. I mean, go back and listen to the Chris Mercer episode and get Google Analytics 4 or Google Analytics Universal. Point is, is like as long as you have some knowledge of where that traffic is coming from and it's not going to be exact and it's not going to be perfect, the traffic is still coming from Facebook. And it's not something that you should just discount and say, Oh, well, I'm going to go over to, you know, Snapchat or TikTok. That's great. If you have those demographics, especially if your audience is in their 20s, you know, and you're in those, those and tweeners and that kind of thing. Like that's a great demographic, but still, don't forget Instagram. Don't forget Facebook. Like it's nearly three billion monthly active users. It's cr- it's a crazy amount of traffic right now, and, and I think to your point, because of this looming recession, whether it's here already or whether it's actually coming, it's going to make it for the legitimate businesses even easier to get their message out there. Because you're going to have a lot of the small guys jumping ship for fear, and I know that you started to see that some of the people in some of the circles that you're in and I think now right now is the, the time to actually double down on Facebook and obviously learn Google with performance max because we're super excited about that side of the equation as well. Yeah. So there's a there's a quote Harry S. Dent, more millionaires were created
1: during the Great Depression than any other time in history. And I imagine that that trend was followed during the Great Recession and if we do hit you know I'm not trying to downplay a recession. I know recessions suck. But you can't deny the opportunity. And you actually said something, Ralph, that I really think deserves a little bit in the way of meditation when you're talking about the attribution piece. You want to hear something crazy, dude? I had Chris Mercer on my YouTube channel. It's one of the best interviews I've ever done in my entire life, ever. The guy is, he's such a gift to the world in terms of what he knows. It's unbelievable. Here's what's crazy. I was looking over my YouTube analytics recently. I've I've got a guy that's helped me try to pump up the, the YouTube channel. My lowest engaging video, I think it was the lowest engaging video, if maybe it was the lowest engaging video past a certain elapsed time, was my interview with Chris Mercer. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's the best information I've ever put out on YouTube, ever. But Mercer said it himself. It's not sexy. People don't want to hear measurement, analytics, attribution. But... That's what's necessary in order to make this stuff work. So if you think Facebook isn't working, it's probably because you're not measuring it properly. Because I can tell you, as a guy that does this professionally, and as a guy that freaking hates Facebook with a passion of a thousand fires covered in Tabasco sauce, that it works. I want for Facebook not to work. I want to be I want to be a petulant pissy child running around being like, na 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 na. Sadly for me. But good for everybody else. The damn thing works if you track it properly. If you track it properly. So go back, listen to the podcast with Mercer, go to my YouTube channel, watch the interview with Mercer. He has a massive amount of free course material. And if it's not him, it's somebody else. Invest in the ability to track the efficacy of your advertising because so many advertisers are just spending money and then watching their, their bank account. And you know, is cash in, cash out an important metric? Yeah. But does it help you figure out what to turn on and what to turn off? There's no lever there. You know, it's just like, all right, well, I guess I made money. And then then you ask questions like this. You hit Ralph up on Messenger and you're like, is Facebook dead? Well, I don't know. Is it dead for you? Are you tracking it properly? And if not, you should be able to answer that question for yourself.
0: I got real soapboxy, dude. I'm so sorry. No, that's quite all right. We're uh, going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we are going to finally put this to bed, whether or not Facebook, what what the future of Facebook really is and where we see it heading right after this quick break. Was your Black Friday cyber money not quite as great as you wanted it to be? Did you feel like you were leaving money on the table? You knew you could have made more sales, but you just didn't know where that money was lying on the table. Well, it's probably because you have some blind spots in your business. We here at Perpetual Traffic want to make 2024 your best year ever. And now is the time to plan for it and set yourself up for 2024. It is not after the first of the year because by the time you actually start doing your planning after January 1st, you've already missed a month. So get that planning done now and do it on us we are giving away 10 free audits which goes through all of your ad platforms all the platforms that you're spending money on right now or maybe the ones that you're maybe not spending money on but we feel that there is a great opportunity for you to spend and scale and grow we'll also look at everything after the click for your cro your conversion architecture as we call it we will even analyze your email sequences and most importantly we'll look at your data how you're actually capturing visitors information and how it's tracking all the way to your CRM or whatever your source of truth is. And we do this through a comprehensive audit where we rate each section of your customer acquisition path, give you a rating and then give some recommendations as to what you should do in order to have 2024 be the best year ever. Now, we're only going to offer this for 10 lucky businesses in the month of December. Okay, that's it. That's the only capacity that we have. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit. Fill out the form and let's make 2024 the best year ever. All right, welcome back to the perpetual traffic podcast. We're talking whether or not Facebook is dead, and it most assuredly so far, the argument is that it is not dead, but it's the time for you to never ever forget about it, especially if you're online marketing. Interesting thing that you said, Kasim, before the break was Chris Mercer. And people ask me a fair amount, like, what am I reading, or you know, that kind of thing. And I haven't really told anybody this. Like, what am I learning more about right now? I'm actually taking Chris Mercer's class. Right now, awesome. and it's like the last thing in the world you would think that I'd probably be doing. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to be reading some management book or something like that? I'm like, no. First off, he's a great teacher. Secondly, it's something that I I don't think I'm great at, but I'm pretty good at it. And it's like, but it just it reinforces like where I feel like our energy should be. And I, this is, you know, we have his paid course. We have our our people at, at Tier Eleven go through it as part of our training. The point is, is like measurement now is more important than ever. And I think it's going to be more important in the next year or so. If, you know, if the wind is really in our faces in the next, yeah, I'm not going to say the R word. The point is, is we're going to potentially have some challenging times, you know, in the coming months. Attribution, exactly to your point, is such an important part. And it's not a sexy part, but it's a really important part for any business to sustain itself moving forward. And I'm basically doing it for my own knowledge, but also so that we can uncover some, some, you know, some nuances in our own way in which we acquire customers at tier 11, because we've got media going everywhere and it's working, but we don't know precisely where. And I think we need better precision around that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm actually taking the course.
1: Yeah, I do. I think Chris Mercer is the most important voice in marketing right now. And, and it's not just that his topic isn't sexy. It's actually that it's scary. It's scary the way that public speaking or dancing is scary. Like some people are truly afraid of data and analytics. And you just, you got to get over that or go find somebody who isn't and put them on your team. Because this is, it's, you know, and it's not just a recession or changes in the algorithm or whatever. It's also the fact that all these networks are playing statecraft. We're seeing an arms race. You know, Apple took data away from everybody. Google's taking data away from everybody. Facebook doesn't have any data to take, but they would if they could. Amazon's stripping data away. Amazon was going to let Google track conversion attribution, but now they're not. So these companies are realizing, oh my goodness, this data is so valuable. I'm not just going to give it to you. So you have to get good at first-party data acquisition and interpretation, and that's exactly what Chris Mercher teaches. And he does it for free. It's crazy. We're not affiliates, y'all. I mean, if Chris let me, I'd run my fingers through his hair. But that's it.
0: <laughs> he does apparently aff- affiliates, though. If you take his course, he's like, and here's some affiliate traffic right over here. I'm like, hey, wait a second. Yeah, We should, should do be that. An I know. But we're just, you know, that doesn't that doesn't even matter. It's like, uh, you know, we do this show to help people out and, and help them grow their businesses. And this is something, this is a bitter pill to swallow because nobody, I mean, I will tell you right now, it is not a sexy topic. I mean, it is hard to get through these courses. But it's it's like the cod liver oil you know, although I never had to take it as a kid. Like apparently my dad did. But anyway, it's like cod liver oil. Even the first thing in the morning, it's like the worst tasting crap. I'm going to tell mercy like, Ralph
1: says that you're cod liver oil. You're, like you're cod the cod, liver, cod, oil cod liver oil of <laughs> marketing.
0: <laughs> oh, please do. So speaking of Facebook, there's this thing called the metaverse, which is also, and I think there's, there's, there's misperceptions about it. Like people think like it's coming like next year. It's uh, here, isn't it? It's here. Yeah, it's kind of here, but That's it's insane. not really here. I mean, Zuckerberg is kind of he's betting the farm on the metaverse in a lot of ways from an investor standpoint. I don't know if it necessarily changes anything from an advertiser perspective. But if you're looking at the news, if you're looking at the investment news specifically around. Facebook, you're seeing that there's a lot of emphasis being placed on the metaverse. And right now, Facebook is basically as well, it's now it's meta. Okay, so they've split the company into two parts, which is sort of the family of apps, which is one part, which Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, you know, all the other sort of placements like you can place ads and then there is this reality lab side of the equation which is the oculus quest 2 and like all that sort of stuff and all these sorts of things so there's obviously there's a there's a huge investment in it the interesting thing is that they meta had promised to spend i think 10 billion on metaverse build out this year and because their earnings are now being missed they're now reinvesting that back into or uh, not actually investing it because of the earnings miss from from q4 and into q1 so the point is is like they're still investing but maybe not quite as heavily so i i think my sense is that the metaverse is really is probably five to ten years away is my guess it's like us actually having wearable tech to use it on a day-to-day basis it's interesting when you talk to people about it it really it runs the spectrum between people who are sort of on the younger end of the age spectrum and the older age spectrum the people that are on the older age spectrum like they don't understand what it is but kids like i I help helped teaching a, a teaching a class a business class in boston at a, at a, a university there and to a person 50 60 kids they are all excited about the metaverse like we talked about it was actually it was a I went in and spoke on this and helped critique some of their business plans around, you know, sort of this this case that they were doing, and it revolved around Meta and the metaverse. And it was really interesting to hear from them how excited they were about it. And it was then that I said, "Oh, maybe Meta or Facebook is actually onto something here. It's sort of below the surface. What are you hearing about the metaverse? What are your what are your what's your sense about it? Probably not something that's relevant today, but." Something into the future. What's your what's your sense on it at this point? I'm a dissenter. It, it needs to be said, and I know you don't feel this way, Ralph. So I'm
1: sorry if I'm bashing someone that you love. That's why there's I, two I, people on the show. I, I think I think Mark Zuckerberg's a petulant child thief. I think that there's no creativity to him whatsoever. I mean, the guy, he, his his claim to fame is creating a hot or not comparison image. You know, and and you know, if you see the movie, it, I think it dilutes what he did. He stole what he's got, and has done nothing but that his entire career. So I think the metaverse is just a cobble together collection of other people's stolen ideas. I don't, he's not Steve Jobs. He doesn't have the vision for something like this, A. B, and I learned this phrase on this show, pioneers get killed, settlers prosper. And that's been true. I mean, dude, the first smartphone, the first tablet, the first search engine, they're not here. The first social network, not here. He's going to pay all the R&D costs, all of them, And he's going to make all the mistakes, all of them. And, and then this is maybe a little bit of my own, but also some of what I've cobbled together from other people. I don't think virtual reality is the thing. I think augmented reality is the thing. I think virtual reality is, you know, are people excited about it? Yeah, but you know, they're excited about the Xbox too. Like that's, it's, it's, it's a departure. It's a takeaway. It's a move away from augmented reality is, It's actually what we have now. Dude, the amount of times I see people's face buried in their phone when it shouldn't be, on roller coasters, while they're driving, while they're walking down a bumpy street. I was in Seattle the other day. I'm walking down Pike's place, and I'm watching this woman. Pike's is, you know, it's a lot of peaks and valleys. Oh yeah. Up, down, up, down, up, down. And I'm watching this gal, and I'm just, I'm I'm like, she's going to fall. There's no way she's able to traverse this treacherous terrain on her smartphone and not just like casually browsing, but like type, God knows, she's probably coding. And she's just crushing life, dude. This phone in her face doing she it. She works so for Meta. It, she is exactly <laughs> right. I think, I think the next play for all of us, the thing that actually integrates into our life is augmented reality, not virtual reality. And that's not to say that, you know, Meta couldn't go in that direction, but that doesn't appear to be the narrative. So A, I have no faith in Zuckerberg whatsoever. Zero. Can he buy the talent he needs? Maybe but I don't think that Facebook has never shown me any articulation of vision ever. All they've ever done is steal or buy. They bought Instagram, they stole Snapchat, they stole the, the little you know Reels feed. They, they, it's, just, it's just a constant, nonstop sort of brute force forcing their way into social penetration and permeation. And then I actually think they're pointed in the wrong direction. And then I think that they're gonna be first to market. And with technology, first to market is the last place you wanna be. You want to be fourth or fifth or nineteenth, but then better. So, I dude, I think this is an absolute, total, complete death rattle. You know, we're talking about is Facebook dead? No, Facebook's going to stick around forever. There's going to be a ton of viable traffic, but Meta, Zuckerberg, I'm betting against them hard. If I could short Mark as a stock, I I, I, I couldn't spend enough.
0: I no. just I, you can tell I don't like him. I'm sorry, I got so weird and the the interesting thing is when you are the figurehead it's like it it's like elon musk it's like you get all the accolades as much as i hate mark zuckerberg i love elon musk well like when you're the figurehead you're the guy who gets like all the accolades but then you get all the arrows you know and I don't know if anyone's ever said that before. That might be a quotable quote. When you're the figurehead, you get all the accolades and you get all the arrows. It's true. Yep. So, uh, it, but Zuckerberg is a great example of that. And he was front and center on the privacy debate. Like who, who do we know? Who do, who became a meme about, you know, testifying before Congress? It wasn't like the Google guys. I don't have a, I've never seen. Nobody knows what they look like. They, they don't even, I don't even know what they look like. Uh, yeah. I had, I had to look this up the other day, who's the CEO of Google, because I don't really, like, I don't know, like, he's not a name. I know what he looks, like. I don't know his name, because it's not pronounceable for me. But it's, Right, uh, I know got- the founders, like, I get that, but, you know what I mean? But because he became this face, it's like he is now on the other side of fame. Hmm. And it's like, you, you, yeah, it's, he's created this himself. I think, to a certain degree. And I would agree with you. It's like Facebook is a behemoth. It's a Goliath. I haven't seen a whole lot of innovation. You know? Dude, they and I think, innovated nothing. They just yeah. take, you know, it's like, if I can buy you, I'll
1: buy you and bolt you on. If I can't, then I'm going to steal. They single-handedly destroyed Snapchat. Snapchat was on this insane rocket ship to the moon. And good for, I'm not telling you not to. It's capitalism. It's, you know, great right. competition. That's awesome. But it still kind of like makes the point. Facebook's created zero from the very beginning. And if you really read about what Zuckerberg did, you know, that, that movie watered it down so much that it kind of made it look like a little bit of a, you know, there's gray area. Dude was, was contract for hire, screwed the people that hired him, screwed the guy that invested in it. A couple of them along the way. Like I just, man, I, it's shocking to me that we celebrate this guy as an entrepreneurial success because he's just a very
0: effective thief. Yeah. I don't know if I believe any of that. Anyway, I mean, you take the flip side of the coin. I, I think that was a Hollywoodized version of like what actually happened. I always think no, i right, the
1: movie doesn't tell the story properly.
0: Oh well, I don't. Well, it paints him in sort of a really negative light. I mean, I always thought they let him off the hook. We should make well, a new it's... podcast just on film criticism. Okay, there you go. The point is, is I it, you know, Facebook has not done. Like anything that they come out with now is not an innovation and even reels now. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, and we, we see it all the time. It's like, we have uh, folks within meta who we speak to on a regular basis and it's, it's reels is where they're going right now. And it's, it's just a total rip off of TikTok. But the point is, is this, like, I know all, all of what you said has a, in my opinion, in my mind. There is an overlap, there's a Venn diagram of us agreeing on this, but at the end of the day, it's like I don't necessarily care because you and I run agencies where people hire us to help scale and grow their businesses. And where are you going to go? Where the people are? And the people right now are on Google and Facebook, especially and the very close third, TikTok, which is amazing. A billion monthly active users. Let's say those numbers again. A billion monthly active users. Facebook is 2.9 billion. YouTube is two and a half billion. Like that is a crazy amount of people. Like if you just focus on maybe just Google and Facebook alone, like you ha- you can grow a business using those online platforms and because it's not growing as much as it used to and it's not a good stock it doesn't really matter to you as an advertiser and i think the coming times that we have the looming clouds ahead are just gonna reinforce the fact yet again there's going to be another shakeout on a lot of these platforms and i think there's going to be shakeouts on google as well and i think the strong are really going to survive and that's the reason why we do the show Every single week to give you the most relevant, up to date help so that you can help scale and grow your business through paid traffic. So, Kasim Aslam, great to see you as always. I know you are living the dream. You're still living the dream even after this conversation. I'm a little down now. I need to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need to go take a bath. I don't like it when I speak that. What was uh, there was there was more venom in my voice than there needed to be. I'm sure he's a nice person and he's, you know, I don't know if he has kids or a family or what, but he does. I I don't know. I obviously have whatever weird
0: emotional hangups I have and I'm going to apologize for them now. No, no, no. That's, that's completely fine. I think there's a lot of people out there that that feel that way. Probably not the listeners of the show quite as much, but the point is, is like he's become that face of privacy, that face of this entity that a lot of people are still using even though they might not like him personally, they're still going on there and they're still yep. spending 47 minutes plus per day on the platform every single day. And that's what's, you know, that's where we go. We go where the eyeballs are and where the attention is. So thanks for listening to uh, this week's show. Make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening and let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We are going to pick one lucky listener to get the paid traffic certification, which is a $500 value. And you can do that over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Follow us over on the Twitters and go back and listen to previous episodes. All resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic.